alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I am your host for this week, Osama Dorius. No, I am the host, Fawzi Mesmar. No, no, I am the host, Rami <laughs> No, you can't do this to me. You will be challenged for being a host. <laughs> this, is the new, this is the new meta, you know, you have to. This is the new meta. I don't like I, this. What have I started? I think we... I think more importantly, I think all three of us just realized in chat during that intro that we all clap along. I was <laughs> just sitting here and just got like, it's it's so good, it's so good. I love it. So Malik, Malik did such a good job with it. He did. Uh, it's, a, it's the hype, the music. Yeah, it's so hype. So hype. Get me in the it's like the most challenge. Arab hype. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge for the host. The challenge for the host. Wait, so who's the host now, Rami? Because you spoke last? I, I was the last one. I was the last one. Oh, no. What does that mean? So you have to pass it back to us because the host doesn't start. <laughs> right. All right. Right. Now I have to make the conversation happen. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not prepared for this. Oh, Sam, you're the host. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my plan worked. <laughs> so, all right. So I guess I'll start it off and talk about my week. And, you know, <laughs> wait. He just broke his rule. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> You just broke the whole he said. He was like, a host is not supposed to start. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll start. <laughs> well, this way you don't get a chance to take it back from me. And then I win. <laughs> oh my so God. I will challenge changing. you midway your story. <laughs> he keeps changing the meta every time. Even <laughs> This is the new meta. Just random meta. The new, the new meta is the old meta, but different. Meta RNG. <laughs> Let's do oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I had a cool week. I played a really cool new game. Um, it's called Rogue Tower. Have I, either of you heard of this game? Mm-hmm. Rogue Tower? I haven't. Yes. Yeah. So it's a tower defense game, uh, min- super minimalistic, uh, incredibly addictive. So you do these, you're placing little ballista. It's, it's pretty straightforward. You're, you, there are tiles. You start with one tile with just a castle on it. And then you have like paths that come out of it one two or three uh on the easy mode which is the one i'm still on which is gets really hard at the end uh you only have one path and as you're placing tiles some tiles fork and you know create new different paths and the strategies that emerge from that um and you're just placing towers and you have probably the biggest uh ability tree i've ever seen in, in a tower defense game uh the it's like you could spend a lot of time on on this game just like upgrading the ability tree. And the ability tree does a really good job of, of pacing content because you have a lot of different types of units that you could place, but you don't get access to them until you get enough XP to unlock them. And it takes a really long time to uh, unlock one of them. And you want to upgrade it to the mass so you could get the max out of it. So uh, it's a time sink. It's a big time time sink. There's a lot of strategy, a surprising level of depth because... Each little tower, you could set like almost program priorities for it. Like what, what does it target first? Shield, armor, health, that kind of thing. Different types of units that are weak or strong against different uh, towers. It's it's this like deceptively a deep, big game, even though it looks like a little tiny game. Um, it's rough around the edges. So the art is minimalistic. I don't think it's not, uh, it's ugly or anything like that, but it's just very, very minimalistic. So if that's not your cup of tea, then so be it um the ui feels like default unity asset store ui like it's actually really hard to comfortably navigate it's really really tiny on some screens it could have used a little bit more love uh but otherwise that didn't stop me from enjoying the game so 
if you're able to to navigate the UI, there's a little gem behind that uh, that I think you'll really appreciate. Well, man, I've never heard of this game before. I'm looking at some of the screenshots. It it wouldn't be the game that would normally catch my attention, if I'll be completely honest with you. It wouldn't have been a game that I would have tried if it wasn't recommended by someone who recommended Vampire Survivors last week and were completely right. And then they recommended mm-hmm. Rogue Tower and they were right again. So, you know, when you find that person mm-hmm. who has similar taste to you and then from this point on, any any game they recommend, I'm going to just buy. And they, they seem to have this knack for finding these games that don't look amazing in screenshots and yet are a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so, I was about to say, like, they're both uh, very unassuming games. Exactly. But, like, both are very much worth uh, the time. I, right. Yeah. But both of them made, made like, I would say pretty good circles in the indie scene. Mm. So, like, I, I, I've I played Rogue, uh, Rogue Tower, like, what, a, a month ago or something? No, a week ago. Mm. Two weeks ago. Somewhere when it, around when it came out immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... It's super good. It's really interesting to hear that these are not on your radar because there was a bit of of uh, conversation about it. Mm. Uh, that's so cool. I always love when I rec- realize that there's just still kind of like there are a lot balls. of games, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of games, um, man. Yeah, yeah. I I grabbed Rogue Tower because it instantly reminded me of Polytopia. Yeah, I love Polytopia. Really, yeah, Polytopia right? is great. So yeah, so I just looked at Rogue Tower and I was like, oh. This looks looks a little similar. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. The absolute time sync. I think I think you nailed it there. Yeah. I I only played a little bit and then went like, nope. I get what this is doing. <laughs> we are good. Yeah. I I think I'll, I'll I'm gonna stop with both games for that reason because I see right now that the diminishing returns are getting to a point where before I was getting multiple upgrades every every round. Now I could mm. get multiple rounds before an upgrade, and I'm like, okay, I see this. It's still fun, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll move on and get my rewards elsewhere. Still, great game. I recommend it at least for the beginning. Also, not a very right. expensive game, so I don't remember how much I paid for it, but it didn't feel like it was a lot. So worth it. Um, the other thing I did was not a game, and it might be not very timely to mention it now, but I still want to mention it because I think it was pretty cool. Uh, I watched Squid Game. Oh, the TV right. show. The TV show about squids playing a game. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not are, exactly. Are you sure? Are, <laughs> sure you, sure? are you sure you watched the right thing? Because I haven't watched it. That That is 100% not my thing. <laughs> But even I know that that's not quite what it is. Did somebody send you a cartoon <laughs> and tell you that this is Squid Game, Osama? No. Okay, fine. It wasn't a game about squids playing. Did it wasn't somebody a- send you a SpongeBob <laughs> episode and tell you that it was Squid Game? It's like, well, where's all the violence? I don't see any violence. <laughs> SpongeBob has so a lot like, of violence. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's true. SpongeBob is a pretty violent series, but. Uh, I just I now I really want to do this. I think Osama is like one of the few people on earth who could fall for that. <laughs> like, Osama, I'll take that as a compliment. I don't care how you it's very it. it's very wholesome Thank this you. squid Thank game you. thing. Yes, yes. So uh yeah, Squid Game is one of those shows <laughs> that's hard to talk about without spoiling. It's it's older now because it came out last year, but it's not old, so I don't know if I'm comfortable just like spilling the beans on what it is. Um, but yeah, it is, it is violent. It is very violent and it's not the type of, of, of show that I could easily recommend without giving that disclaimer. Um, I was engaged throughout 
that was the one thing is that the setup of the game, the pace, I keep saying game because games in the name, the setup <laughs> of the show, the pacing of the show was really, really well executed. I was curious to find out every step of the way what happens. Um, so it is a game uh, that is, you know, that's played to the death. I guess that's one thing that you can say about it because if you watched any trailers, that becomes clear very quickly. And it is a huge, uh, the, the theme is really about uh, capitalism. It's, um, and, and like, you know, late, really late stage capitalism and what, could, what it could mean. So it was actually very thought provoking. Uh, there are a lot of uh, decisions that are made by characters in, in, the, um, in the course of the show where I had to place myself in that position and say, what would I do in this situation? Very, very difficult, very thought provoking. I enjoyed it. Um, there were parts I had to fast forward through. I am not good with watching on-screen violence. It's not a thing I can do. So there were a lot of scenes where I had to just fast forward uh, through them. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just who I am. I can't help it. Uh, so that, there's that. If you're if you're like me, I can still enjoy the rest of the show around it. But that's a thing that that that's a thing for me. I cannot watch on-screen violence. I'm easily. I'm the same. Yeah. So uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I would recommend it with all those disclaimers, as long as all disclaimers sound okay with you. And I'm curious what felt since Fauzi saw it. I'm curious what his yeah. opinion is. I I liked it. You know, I thought it was very enjoyable. I think, like for me, like the novelty. Uh, like I didn't I didn't see the novelty, and it's just because, like you know, I've. Uh, follow anime, manga, and all of that yeah. stuff for quite a long time. So, like, if if you've read or seen Battle Royale, it's it's yeah. it's kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Um, there was even like a one time on the show, I spoke about a Japanese show on Netflix called Alice in Borderland. I think is what it's called, or something like that. Alice in uh, Borderland, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which which is a, a very similar concept, really, to this. Oh, not 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 that it wasn't well made. Exceptionally well made. Uh, amazing cast of actors that I've never seen before. To be honest, because I don't follow Korean drama that much. Uh, but yeah, well acted, well uh, produced, uh, interesting, fun things. But like, I've seen a lot of that in horror, anime, and manga before. So I liked it, but it didn't like you know affect me in the same way that it seemed like affected a lot of people. But maybe mm-hmm. because those stuff are not mainstream just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, enjoyable. I'll watch yeah. more of it if they make more of it. Yeah, me too. And it feels like there's going to be more. It doesn't feel like it's a promise, but it feels like there's potential for more. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so that was me for the week. Fozi, you want to take it over since you were just commenting on the last thing? Oh, yeah, man, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, but I'm yeah. still the host. I'm wow, the host the host is really just you're just you're just going around me because I took your host. <laughs> I'm saying I'm okay. I'm still the host. I see, <laughs> I see how it is. I see how, you're not the host. I'm just passing on the baton. That's all. Fauzi is the host. No, I challenged them first. Right, oh no! Yes, exactly. Right. Fauzi is the host. We're back into it. <laughs> so since I'm the host, I'm gonna tell you about no. me. <laughs> Okay, okay. Fair, fair. Osama has made that a new host power. I, so I'm biting my tongue. I'll get it back. I promise. All that meta work that you're doing. 
It's very complicated. I don't understand my own podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Join a, a legion of uh, confused fans right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody listening is like, what is, what is happening? happening? What is happening? I mean, to be fair, I think most people think that most of the time listening to the Habibis. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. someone's first week. Oh, no. <laughs> right, like, welcome to the Habibis. We are confusing. <laughs> We are a bunch of Arabs playing politics, so it'll change every three minutes. Every three minutes, we'll have a different allegiance. We'll be like doing different things. Oh no! Yeah. What have I started? No, definitely, it's a common thought that uh, like everybody who listens to the show is probably thinking, "Why am I doing this to myself?" <laughs> what Which is, is very reasonable. What is that? <laughs> very reasonable. Very <laughs> reasonable. Actually, speaking of Arab things, did you see that thing I retweeted the other day about olive oil? No. Ah, the the fool thing. The fool thing. I missed I it. I don't think it had enough olive oil. <laughs> they should, they should have added more olive oil. It was such a good video. It was such a good video. It's this this TikTok video of this girl making these recipes for brunch. And she makes fool and she goes, okay, first you chop up the onions really small and then you chop the tomatoes, those very small. Uh, and you uh, you put some olive oil in the pan, you put the onions in, you chop up the tomato, you put the tomato in. They take some fava beans. They can be peeled or unpeeled. If they're unpeeled, you just throw them in. If they're peeled, you gotta like you know uh, uh, mash them a little. They put the whole thing in a bowl and you put on some olive oil. And then as she goes through the recipes, you just kind of start realizing how much olive oil is in every single thing that we eat wow. as a people. Yeah, and she's like, she's throwing like Arab amounts of olive oil on everything, right? And there's like. There's like a little thing with like sides where it's like pickled, uh, a bunch of pickled stuff. And uh, she doesn't put the olive oil. And you just literally sit there being like, wait, where's where's the where's the olive oil? <laughs> and then because every recipe has olive oil at like four separate steps of the recipe. <laughs> By the time you get to the end, she's making minty and you're just sitting there like, where's the olive oil? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> Where, where, where is where? You gonna, is the tea without olive oil? Are we sure about this? <laughs> I don't know. She, she puts mint in it, but huh? <laughs> it was one of my favorite. It was it was such a personal attack that video. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I did not. I can. You should see if you can find it. I'll, I'll I'll put it in the I don't know the show notes or something. Yeah, I'll add it for sure. It's true though. Like she, she only needed to add that you know use olive oil as medicine, and then she would have captured it right. proper. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the amount of olive oil made me laugh so hard every time. It's like it's not even it's not even a joke tweet. It's not a joke TikTok. She's just actually preparing this this food, and she's preparing it properly. We just indeed put a ridiculous amount of olive oil mm-hmm. in every single thing. Like one of the recipe is Lily just Lebna. <laughs> with a whole bunch of olive oil and you're like this is correct but also Yanni uh, I, this, this explains a lot plus we can't take more like we might as well just drink we might as well drink the entire bottle just straight up here like you know and that's why so everybody good. has cholesterol issues yeah yeah <laughs> You're like wondering why? Why are there so many cholesterol issues? Well, let me tell you. We put olive oil in the pan before we do the fruits. The, the before we fruit the onion, then we put olive oil in the pan after we add the tomatoes. Then we put olive oil on the fava beans, and then we put olive oil on the final meal. 
But I mean, like, Rami, if you see a, like a, a making of video of Arab desserts, it'll be exactly like that. But instead of olive oil, it's sugar. It's like, hey, sugar. Uh, let's stop putting some sugar in the pan. And uh, let's put the thing, put some sugar in that. And then sugar this and then sprinkle some sugar on top and then boil some sugar water and put that on top right. of everything. Right. And then some pistachio. And then when you're done, put some, <laughs> and then on top, when you're done, like add some sweet honey and some pistachio. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's like cholesterol and diabetes. It's like, <laughs> it's like every, every Arab well, uncle or auntie has one of the two. Right. It's, not it's, it's cholesterol. It's cholesterol. <laughs> It's cholesterol and undiagnosed diabetes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody in the air world has diabetes, I think, officially. It's just all of us have diabetes. Yeah. Unofficially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> this, this, our people have issues. Yeah. Um, but the olive oil, the olive oil is, was really, it was really uh, confrontational. <laughs> Speaking of olive oil, uh, one of the games I played is one of those games that slipped through um, last year. Yalahoy, yalahoy, yalahoy. I love it. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> that was slick. Yeah, yeah. Subhanallah. I'm just, I'm just. For some reason, I just have a mental image of of Fauzi like putting olive oil over his arms to, to, to like slip through a small to slip through like a small doorway or something i, I just see him jumping over a bottle of olive oil jumping over a bottle of over <laughs> slipping <laughs> and falling yeah. seriously this is a confusing episode if it's the first time someone's listening to it. <laughs> what the hell is this about <laughs> it's fine it's fine it gets better maybe yeah, yeah but we we do the <laughs> inshallah Inshallah, gets better. We do the Habibis thing of like spending at least a couple of minutes on every segue before we get back to what the segue is. Every every good segue we do is immediately ruined by us celebrating how good the segue was. was It's also just most Arab thing possible as well. It's like we have a good segue now. We got to clap hands and we got to laugh. You know, like it was so. <laughs> uh, amazing. Okay, so you, this game slipped through. Our end of year discussions is what made me mm-hmm. want to come back to this. So the game I'm talking about is Inscription. Uh, mm. So, so Rami played that game earlier last year, and he spoke about it on the show. And remember when he spoke about it on the show, he was so vague. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, oh, that game is good. Goes places. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. You should play it. Anyway, and I did these other things. So, you know, when he spoke about it in the, in the, in the show, I was like, okay, seems, seems like a good game. I'll check it out <laughs> at some point. And then, like, you know, we're talking about game of the year. And then Rami goes like, this is like top five for me. I was yeah. like, what? This game yeah. that you didn't say anything about is top five? Right, yeah. it was top uh, five for me too. <laughs> yeah, and like, and then it was on Osama's list. I was like, well, you know, like, what is this game that, like, you know, both of these guys, you know, barely spoke about, and now it's like, you know, one of the defining games of 2021. Uh, right. So, it was, so, so I was like, I need to check it out. So, like, I was like, okay, there's a bunch of games coming out for like the 2022 uh, game year is starting to ramp up. I'm gonna start to once I start playing those games, it's gonna be hard for me to look back. Yeah, uh, last right. week was the week. I'm gonna try to like you know get through a bunch of my like uh, uh, stack of shame as much as yeah. possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I started playing Inscription, 
and like I I right. got I got everything. <laughs> so I understand right. why it's so, amazing. So, <laughs> I understand why it's so, amazing. I understand yeah. why you were vague. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's hard to just talk to ask, about it. It really can, is. Can you, can you just give me give me can you give me your opinion and can you tell me why your opinion is it's very good and that's really all I want to say about it. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that this game uh, is best enjoyed when you go into it blind. Yes. Right. Exactly. So when you go into it blind and you uh, and you can't see anything coming or like you don't know what to expect or any of that stuff, is when you really get to enjoy it. Yep. But mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about my experience, uh, there's going to be... We're going to cut this part of the episode. Cut this <laughs> part of the episode, or maybe I'm going to, uh, you know, minor, potentially okay, spoiler right. alert. Right, 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 we'll game see. at this point. We'll it came out what? No, like, no, no, no. no. This, is, this, is the kind, this is the kind of game that's so good that you want to give everybody the opportunity. But I we're going to listen to Fauzi, yes. and then if he spoils too much, we're just going to sacrifice him. <laughs> All right. Or put it in the show notes if it if it ends up staying. But you right. know, fair warning. You know, now's the time. Look at the show notes. Or this is uh, this is probably didn't even happen. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> so, which is the most inscription possible thing. Yeah. yeah. So let's go. So the one missing key of information that I didn't know and you didn't tell me around me is that it's by the same guy that made Pony Island. Yep. Right. If I would have known this. I would have understood why <laughs> you were vague. <laughs> but that's the thing. I felt that even Pony Island would give away too much about exactly. the game for you. And by the way, this so, is the spoiler warning is just about me mentioning Pony Island. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hello, so, ma'am. That's hello, fine. Because, yeah. So, so I want to come. Think, yeah, go ahead. If you've played Pony Island and you play Inscription, you, you feel it, right? Yeah. Oh, for but sure. But you still won't. You still won't know it. If you haven't played Pony Island and you play an Inscription, you're in for a wild ride. Yes. Yes. Right. So yes. it works either way. It works either way. That's yes. True. All right. So end of spoilers. Back to regular um, show. Right. This is the worst episode yeah. we've. <laughs> <laughs> just, we're just going places. We're like, oh, over there. Speaking over of there, we might cut this. We're not cutting that. <laughs> I, um, I also like actually took the opportunity to play older games that y'all recommended over the year before the new games come out. And I played- wait, 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 wait. Oh, someone wait. give me a second. Fauzi, you're the host? No, no, I'm, I'm the host now. Do you want to get the host? Fauzi, you're the host? Do you want to get the host? Is he just cutting me off in the middle yeah, of me just, talking just about the my host game? This is wild, hey, wild. Yeah. So, anyway, do you want to give the do you want to give the court to Osama? No, Osama, you're, you're, to, you're two I steps away from being muted in here. I played Hitman 3. Hitman 3 was a great game, and you're not going to talk over me, all right? So I played some Hitman 3. It's my turn now. I am the host again. And what? How man- did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> My force of... Oh, no! <laughs> What's going on? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fine, 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 fine. Go for it, folks. <laughs> you really don't want to hear about it, Man 3. I get it. I get it. Somebody had to shut. I wasn't finished talking about my game. <laughs> <laughs> and I also, go for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god. This is hysterical. What is happening? <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I my glasses are foggy up. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're fuzzy. It's what the Liami. Oh, 
Whew. Okay, we're all set, right? We're, we're good. We're, good. We're, we're, we're all we're good. Back. We're back. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Professional <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Very. Inscription is good. Go play it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's hitting on three. It's really good too. <laughs> what did you so think? That was it, Fazi. You know what? I want to hear about Hitman 3. Osama. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. Oh, me too. The ultimate chaos. Well, now yeah, I know what to tell you. You had your chance. I'm done. All right. Well, good. So the game I played this week oh, no. is Destiny 2. Well, had- wait, no. No. Don't go there yet. Fozzy <laughs> has other games. Destiny can wait. Fozzy, okay. you want to go? Fozzy. <laughs> All right. We're trying to go back some order into this podcast. Jeez. <laughs> right. <laughs> the chaos. Yeah, um, I played Loop Hero. Was one of the other games I played. Oh Ooh. yes, yeah. I'm glad but we I'm... looped back to you and your segment. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This, is... this episode is a loss. This entire episode. Is a loss. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say we took a, we took a break this week. <laughs> <I'll see> you <laughs> <next> week. <laughs> Add this to one of the bootlegs from when we didn't know how to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is our fourth pilot episode. That's why it's so familiar. It's nostalgic in a weird way. <laughs> Only sixty episodes. Okay, loop hero. Loop loop Yalla you fancy. Kalas. Loop hero. It's also good. Go play it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm, go- I'm going home, you yeah, guys. Yeah. Done- <laughs> this face will never get a sponsor. <laughs> they can, if anybody is anybody selling like you know like a laughing gas or something, you know, like for dentists. That's the- <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, seriously, Looper is pretty good. Um, like so. <laughs> I, uh, it's one of those games that also, like, you know, you look at the screenshots or the videos and you kind of don't see what's going on. You kind of, mm-hmm. like, it's a very mm-hmm. unassuming game. Um, but that one I remember Rami talking about in uh, in detail. So I kind of, like, kind of knew what I was uh, walking into with this game, but I still got hooked. And, like, uh, <laughs> uh, Rami was talking about it, he was talking about, like, I'm playing this and maybe I'll play for 10 minutes and then ends up paying for a couple of hours. That's exactly what happened to me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's there's something about like you know the core loop basically <laughs> pun yeah. intended that is yeah. uh, that is just so captivating uh, it's it's is really it, hard to move away from what this game's doing. I think it's the inverted risk reward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you're cre- you're you're creating the risk, and yes. that means you're creating the reward, and it's just so captivating because it, it triggers that sort of like gambling, like that like one more go. Can yeah. I do it? Can I do it? Uh, you know what? You're right. I think it has like a bunch of like those um, those mechanics in this game. Like you know, it has looting, which is also one of those mm-hmm. things. Like, oh, what if I kill another creature? What 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 would I get? Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. like you know, b- you building the map together. Like, oh, if I get another a couple of tiles, like this would look better. It has like resource yep. collection. It has like you know, village building, and yeah, it has like a lot of these mechanics that kind of want you to come back for more. Yep. And it's super good for it. Yeah. Um, and like um, the the content in this game is is, is uh, kind of surprises me by how much depth and like how much stuff is in it. You know. Right. And like uh, when you're like when you're getting loot, choosing the loot that you want to equip is kind of difficult. 
You know, like you get two good drinks. This is a level nine ring and this is a level six ring. This is 20% evasion. This is 8% vampirism. What are you going to do? You know, like yeah. they're both pretty good. This is the build I'm going for. This kind of worked for two. Um, my health is a bit low. What should I choose? So, and I can't keep that many rings. And, you know, yeah. after some time, those rings kind of uh, don't become as useful. And that applies to every item in your slot. Yep. So there's a lot of like split second decision making happening, even though you can pause the game at any point. And at the same mm -hmm. time, you're constantly going on a limb. Like, this is a bit risky. Where am I going with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it reveals all kinds of things at the end. Yes. And fantastic. The, the other part, the other part is just there's so much to learn. Yes, that's it. That, that's what gets so me. So much to learn. When you place adjacent, uh, adjacent tiles together and you see what comes out of it. And there's no tutorial for that. It doesn't tell you in advance most of the time. It's just like you discover a thing and now you know it. And it's just so like it's so much to learn. It's so much so exciting. I love it. Like it's a really good game. Like like one thing, Fozzy, did you beat the first map yet? Yes. Did you did you did you find the way to weaken the first boss? Find the way to weaken the not I'm not sure I understand what you're hinting at. There, there's there's a way to weaken the first boss it's before you fight the it. The tower thing. Yeah. 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 Ah, I know. I didn't. I didn't do that actually. Yeah, you I can just write lost, it up. lost a million times. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's the thing, right? Like every there, there are so many like little jokes, tricks, insights, like things you can get, things that you can learn, things that you accidentally stumble upon that. I think the funnest part of Loop Hero is, and probably not on a podcast, but just in general, is talking about all the little cool things that you learn while you're playing it. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps it keeps being interesting, even if you've played a thousand hours of it, which I probably have played something close to that. Really? At this point, wow! I played that. I played that game like every every day for like two months, for like hours on a day, like it. It cut into my destiny hours, which says something. Wow, wow. That, that says a lot. That's why I had to quit. That's why I had to quit playing Loop Hero, and then it came out on Switch, and I had to do the whole thing again. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Wow. I could, I, I, could I like see that, that a lot. Yeah, I only played how, it twenty three hours. I just checked, which is still how. How does it play on the Switch, like control wise? Because I was playing with the mouse, uh, with the mouse on PC. Uh, like you know, you gotta like move stuff from the bottom to put on a grid, uh, pick the stuff up from. Uh, like there's yeah. a bit of speed it's... with the mouse that's kind of helpful. And then I was like, how do you put this on a controller? Because the the Steam uh, the Steam version of the game doesn't have controller support, and I could uh, instantly see why. It's it's okay. They have a button that pulls up the deck at the bottom and Im immediately puts your cursor there. Right. Okay. So basically, there's just a lot of shortcuts to get your cursor to specific places on the screen. Yeah. But it's it's superior on PC. I see. I see. It really is. Like it, it, you know, it's worth the compromise because Loop Hero on the go. Yeah, yeah. Is really nice. Yeah, I think but, there's opportunity with the touchscreen as well. Uh, yeah, that 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 just doesn't work as well. Yeah, I think it will work really well on something like iPad. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those games. That's why I recommend it. But yeah, <laughs> beware. <laughs> uh, once you once you start, it might be difficult to stop. You'll just be in a loop. <laughs> You'll be in a loop. Fantastic game. <laughs> That's great. It was a really good game. Hey, Osama. Yes. 
Did you play any games not about, say, professional Hitman? <laughs> I played Hitman 3. Is that about a professional Hitman? Yes. Oh, then we'll skip that one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, does, does uh. Agent 47 get paid to do this stuff? I never see him get money. <laughs> I don't know, actually. That's true. He, he does it for uniforms. That's how he gets paid. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, what did you... What did you think? I loved it. Let's go back to basically episode one of our show. <laughs> Osama, 57 episodes in, has finally caught up to episode one. So I really enjoyed it, but it didn't surprise me in any way. It was exactly what I was expecting from a Hitman game. It was really well uh, well made. I really liked that. They, they. It feels like they opened it up a little, so there were more ways to do mm-hmm. things, which I really enjoyed. I didn't finish, by the way. I'm still playing through um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was great. And this is the—I don't know if I'm going to to play a lot more because um, this is the time period before the two big games of this year come out. Uh, just like Fauzi said, so I have a whole bunch of other little games I was hoping to catch up on from last year before that becomes less and less likely. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. We have yeah. Horizon One Dawn coming out like next week, and we have Elden Ring coming out the week after. But Osama, me, this... before you move away from Hitman 3, you have to yeah. play um, Death in the Family. Oh, the second okay. mission, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that will it's surprise called... you. Okay. Yeah, it's called Dartmoor and it's really, really worthwhile. Okay. Death in the Family? It's basically the second mission. Okay, cool. Uh, but but you'll know it when you see it because it's, it's really, really, really interesting. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the suggestion. I'll play it. Cool. Awesome. So I have good news. I have bad news. Uh-oh. <laughs> I saw the bad news on Twitter, and then I like you know I, I tagged I tagged Osama. I'm like, brace yourself. Oh no! We're gonna have, have an extended Destiny segment this year. I saw that. this uh, this year this episode, but it seems like this year as well. <laughs> the episode will last a year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can't be longer than the amount of time we spend laughing at each other this episode. So you know. Also we'll true. see about uh, that. It'll feel longer. <laughs> for you, maybe. <laughs> maybe. For me, this is going to be 10 seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, for you, it's going to be 35 minutes, right. so don't worry about this it. This is the perfect time uh, to start on my taxes. It's tax season. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Rami. I might go quiet for a sec, ask you some okay, math okay. problems. I, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm uh, Yeah, very excited about it. Um, <laughs> also, Dying Light is out already, yeah. you guys. Like, have, Ooh, yeah. have you given it a go Not yet? yet. Not I yet. I good things. Okay, I, I downloaded it. I have Forbidden West set ready. I don't. I'm not gonna play Elden Ring. It's just not my kind of game. So, uh, for me, it's it's Dying Light and uh, Forbidden West are the big ones. Cool. Um, so, did you see the Destiny news? I saw that there was Destiny news. Does that count? <laughs> I, I guess. Um, the uh, the year of destiny is about to end. Uh, destiny runs in sort of a cycle of expansions and seasons, and the expansions are one year, and the seasons are about three months. And um, the last season of Destiny was kind of a weird one because they had to delay the next expansion. Uh, so instead of three months, it ended up being almost six months. Okay. And the stories are built for three months, so the story of Destiny has basically been quiet since uh, a quarter since like what october november or something Mm. 
Um, and where we left it off is this antagonist that has been whispered about since Destiny 1, effectively, uh, has shown up in our world. And she is the god of deception. So she has consistently sort of like worked behind the scenes to create a lot of the conflicts that the Guardians and, and our, our forces have been involved in. And in most cases, she was the one behind the scenes sort of pulling the levers. And she's become more and more prevalent uh, over the past year. And Bungie has done an incredible job of sort of like fooling us as players and like slowly revealing just the amount of influence she has had over the events of the past seven years of Destiny. Mm. And it looks like what they're building up to is very much uh, um, like an Infinity War moment. We're about to lose, right? Ooh. Uh, so we have her captured. And this season, we have built up towards a ritual that can remove her power and strip her powers away from her. She has some sort of eternal agreement with a worm that is tapped into the darkness, a worm god that is tapped into the darkness, and that's what gives her her power and her ability to do all this magic and stuff. We're about to remove that power from her, and somehow the next season is about her having our powers instead. And the powers of the hive are, there's limited resurrection in there, the powers of her species, there's limited resurrection, and they can do some cool magic stuff. Our power as Guardians is infinite resurrection. And she's about to get that power and give it to her troops. So we're about to get played pretty big. We don't know how yet. We just know that everything is in place now. Over the past season, this bridge has slowly been built. And the bridge is now finished. And it leads right to the place where we have her captured. And we're about to attempt that ritual. And presumably next week or the week after, as the next expansion hits... It's going to backfire terribly and uh, light and dark and everything in the Destiny universe will be upside down. So it is really good story. It's really good storytelling. It's very slow. It's very methodical. Mm -hmm. It plays out over time. I think it's what I love most about Destiny is there's this Reddit called the Raid Secrets Reddit. And it's just people like digging into lore finding like secrets finding like you know uh sometimes bungie is really big on args so when args happen they're happening right now there's a really fascinating one going on um if you bought the collector's edition of the witch queen the upcoming expansion it came with this thing called a tychometer Mm -hmm. And it's this fictional device that you put things on and then you tune the device with like three rotating knobs. And if you have an item and the, the, the correct combination of the knobs, it'll do something. It'll play a sound. It'll give you, uh, it'll give you uh, music or something like that. And in the Collects Edition was a whole bunch of items and things. And if you use the Pataikometer and everything else it would give you a bunch of information and a bunch of things to decipher and a bunch of stuff. And people have put that together uh, and researched and played with it and toyed with it and put random items, other merchandise that isn't even related to this, but was like hinted at on the Tychometer. And it turns out that all of those things have, they resonate with the device. There's a chip in them that allows the device to know what's on there. 
like a random coin that you could buy from the Bungie store as a reward for playing uh, has that chip in it. Wow. And it has nothing to do with it. So Bungie is just going all, it's it's going full Bungie on everything. Wow. So and the thing that is most exciting, yeah. I was going to ask you, is like the, the, the this change, like, you know, she giving the power to her troops, is that going to change something in gameplay? It seems it. It seems that uh, so. First of all, it's forcing players to move in quickly on something that they've killed. Mm -hmm. So these things are kind of co coming in as champion enemies, and they will have similar powers to us. So they can use our ultimates, I see. for example. Wow. Which you know, my ultimate is like a big shield, and I guess you will now have an enemy that can just put a big shield in front of other units. Um, but our supers are going to get used against us. The other thing is you can't kill a hive guardian unless you destroy their ghost. So after you get the kill, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to move in and get that final kill. And if you don't, the enemy is just gonna respawn. Oh, like a hundred percent health respawn? Just full respawn, just like a guardian would. That hurts. Um, so you know, fighting two of these at the same time is a real puzzle because you don't want to get the kill if you're far away. You don't want to get the kill in a place where you won't be able to reach the enemy. So there's a lot more there's a lot more strategy going on on top of that bungie being bungie every year they do a new expansion and every time it's just a completely new video game so this time what they're doing is they're changing the sub the the classes you've got three major well now you have four classes you've got solar arc void and stasis and they're basically just sort of tech trees mm. um so you've got your class, which is like a titan, which is punchy boy. You've got a warlock, which is a magic boy. And you've got a hunter, which is... Uh, they wear capes. Um, and then you've got your subclasses, which are one of those elemental types, right? Fire, electricity, void, which is nothingness, or stasis, which is kind of like ice. Um and when they introduced stasis most recently, like the, the first three, they've been around for years, but the final one was introduced recently. And it's built completely different than the other ones. You can really sort of like use these different powers that you can toggle or turn on and you have these points that you can spend. So it's sort of like a build your own character thing that Destiny just hasn't had before. And they're now starting to apply it to the older classes as well. So the first one that's happening is mine, which is really exciting. So my class is just going to allow for a ton of customization and I'm going to be able to really build the sort of like protector fantasy that I like playing as. Mm -hmm. That on top of that, they're introducing weapon crafting. So not only can you build craft and theory craft your, your personal character build, but you can also start to craft your weapons and create the weapons the way you want them uh, as long as you can get the materials. So they've really sort of like added a long-term long-term play to this game in a way that just hasn't been there but then the most exciting thing and this is the part that just has me incredibly hyped when they talk about the new campaign the shadow keep campaign the forsaken campaign the campaigns before this they were good campaigns don't get me wrong but they were always destiny campaigns mm. and i don't say that to like disparage those campaigns because they were really good but the best campaign that bungie has done was called the taken king in in destiny one and the thing that was good about the Taken King was that it felt like a Halo campaign. Mm -hmm. Genuinely felt like a Halo campaign. You walked over the ledge towards a, a, a basis that had gone dark. And as you walk by there, the spaceship flies by and points the 
points the spotlight at you and you walk there and there's enemies walking out and they're staggering out and there's fire everywhere and you just walk into it, you're like what is happening like we just hadn't seen that before in destiny and they've done well with forsaken and they've done well with shadaki but when they talk about the witch queen campaign what they're really saying is that's what we're doing we're trying to build the feeling of a full titanfall to of a god of war of a halo but i i guess they can't really say halo um we're building that and that's exciting to me because one of the things that i think a lot of people don't get about destiny is just the story you come in and it's like the middle of this big war that and you have to kind of know what's happening and there's all this lore and all these stories and the current story is never quite enough to keep people to get people involved mm. in the game because mm-hmm. you just have to know too much and the story is always this continuation of the story well i think if you come in at witch queen and you just accept and you just come in and you go they're guardians they're the they're the good people i guess and they have the light and there's this witch queen called savathun and she has stolen that power and she has an army of her own you can just kind of come in and play that mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So everything I've heard about this has been super exciting. But the biggest thing for me is this Infinity War moment. This moment where we're going to lose. It's coming up. And it's just... It's kind of terrifying in a really nice way. It's fun. You don't lose in video games. (laughs) That's true, right? Like, when when do we lose in video games? Like, Nier Automata had a lose moment? The, The bunch. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Automata was continuous, <laughs> continuous loss. Yes. I guess Yakuza does it every now and then. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of it, right? Not like this. Not not in the way you're describing. No, which is definitely interesting. No. Yeah. So, I'm I'm just really excited about it. I I can't wait to see how we're gonna lose. the The chess pieces on the board right now are incredibly powerful chess pieces. We've got Marasov, which is sort of like one of the most enigmatic characters since early days of Destiny 1. She's an incredible, powerful, like, mage, effectively. She has cheated death. She has uh, deployed entire armies against our enemies, but she's not on our sides. She's not against us. She just... She's kind of unpredictable. She's she's on our side right now, and it looks like she's about to lose a really big play against Savathun, which sort of her main opponent on the chessboard. And I don't know how this chessboard is going to look after this, but as somebody who loves the lore and the world of Destiny, this is like probably the biggest thing that has happened in Destiny ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very exciting. Rami, earlier you were saying that you have uh, you had good news and bad news. So this is the good news, <laughs> right? What's the bad news? Uh, uh, the bad news is I can keep talking about this <laughs> for the next like. Three days. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot over. I cannot over. I cannot oversell how excited I am about this game. Uh, this is probably my favorite storytelling in probably in the history of video games. I really feel right? like I missed out. I, I played yeah, a little same. bit of Destiny One. I finished Destiny Two like vanilla when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Was not invested in the story at all, and fell right. off. I played a handful of times since then. Uh, getting lost in the hub 
each time because I think right now if you just want to jump in, it's really difficult. And I hear so yeah. many people are so invested in it that I feel like I missed out. But every time I try to get in, there's it's so hard. It's really, really right. hard. The onboarding is really bad. But I'm I'm gonna tell you too, if there is ever a moment to jump into this game, it's gonna be in two weeks. Hmm. Um because they're they're bringing everybody up to the same power level. They've simplified a lot of the systems. They've standardized a lot of the systems. Because one of the problems that we were having right now, for example, the hub that Habi uh, that uh, Habibi's <laughs> that Osama <laughs> that Habibi Osama was talking about yeah. um, was because a lot of the characters in the hub were introduced in different seasons of the game and were all using their own distinct ways of talking and rewarding and like. So they've sort of like standardized things out. So everything kind of works the same way. They've simplified a lot of things. <coughs> they've they've worked into turning everything into structures that are easily to follow. Um, and they're using the, this current moment to simplify a lot of the onboarding, I think. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that the upcoming onboarding is going to be better than it was before. Mm. But I'll be really honest, Destiny reminds a game where if you want to join, the best way to play is with what we call a Sherpa, just somebody who does play the game. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because there's just a, there's a lot of interesting, fun little nuance about the game that you can learn over months of play, but it's just not a play-it-alone kind of game. Yeah. It just really isn't. Uh, for better and for worse, right? Well, I'll give you this. Your story was a lot more interesting than my taxes, so thank you for that. <laughs> wow wow incredible high praise incredible uh, incredible Rami, wow. um, did you end up doing no. your flight exam i did how did it go i i passed nice this is one out of seven Oof. um and i told you how this works right it's set up yeah. like a roguelike 18 months is it you have now 18 months the, clock the is timer ticking. has started the timer has started the other thing that's really exciting is uh, my last flight class on uh, Saturday, the previous one I did. I had a different teacher, different instructor. And um, what was interesting is this guy was really chill and just kind of went like, okay, let's just see where you're at, right? Yeah. So we j just kind of got to fly a little. And um, he was very hands-off. He just let me make mistakes, hmm. right? Instead of like what my normal instructors do, they kind of always correct. And for my normal instructor, it makes sense. He's seen me fly from the start. So he, he knows what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Yeah. Um, so he corrects. And then I had a different one who also was, uh, you know, uh, corrected a lot and gave me a bit more space to sort of like go places that I wanted. So that's when I flew over my, my, uh, the, the town I was born in. Um, and then this guy just basically just let me fly. And uh, let me fly my circuits. Let me fly approaches. So I did uh, five approaches, five almost landings. Wow. And at the end, he just kind of goes like, if you keep flying like this, I'm going to hop out of the airplane and let you do your solo. Wow. And obviously, this is kind of the thing I've been building up to. This solo is sort of like your your first solo is sort of like the defining moment of your flight of class. Course. And it's like the most memorable part of any pilot's career, I think. Mm -hmm. is the first time there's no instructor sitting next to you. Uh, so they actually get out of the airplane. It's just you in the airplane. Mm -hmm. um, and if you, if you manage to do that, if you manage to complete that flight, you basically get 
you basically get permission to fly the airplane with permission of an instructor, but without an instructor. Hmm. And uh, you need to get like 35 hours of solo in before you can go, go for your final exam uh, and 10 additional hours of instruction. But the, the big thing before that is I need to complete those theory exams. And there's one more practical exam that I need to do, which is radio communication. Um, I'm so proud so it's actually of you, Habib. You came such going a Going so way. fast. Yeah. That's amazing. It's going man. so fast. Yeah. As soon as I get that solo, it's going to go even faster because I'm just, every day I can fly, I'm just going to go to the airport and fly. Man, like, like, the, the, like the minute, like I don't even fly. And the minute you mentioned that, Solo is when he steps off the plane and I'm flying on my own. I freaked out, right. you know. <laughs> like I have no intention no. of ever flying a plane. Like, right. uh, well, lots of respect. No. <laughs> it's it's kind. It really is a little nerve wracking, but it is. You know, I'm I'm getting good at like the the way he explained it was. I made two mistakes. I made one mistake that is just a style mistake, which is during takeoff, I took my hand off the throttle, which you're supposed to keep your hand on the throttle in case something bad happens, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And then the second one is during one of the approaches, I took just so during one of the landings, effectively, I took a turn that was too steep. Mm -hmm. And your airplane has something called a stall speed, which is sort of the speed at which the airplane falls out of the sky, Okay. which is you don't want to fly slower than that, right? And you can lower the stall speed, which is good because you don't want to get under the stall speed, right? You can lower your stall speed by adding flaps, which is why when you're landing with an airplane, they put those big flaps on the wing down. Basically, what it does is it allows the airplane to fly slower while generating more drag. So you slow down, but you can also fly slower. Uh, so you usually need to put a little bit of engine in and, and speed up a little for, uh, for a lot of cases because you might slow down too much. If you slow down under your stall speed, your airplane is going to fall out of the sky, and you you don't want that, especially not at that altitude. You won't have time to fix it. I'm not an expert, right? but it doesn't sound like something I would want. You just kind of you kind of don't want that. <laughs> now the problem with stall speed is that as you're approaching, you're going slow, right? You're trying to get very kind of slow uh, because when you touch the ground, you want your speed to be as low as possible, right? Mm -hmm. But your stall speed goes up as you make a turn. And the steeper your turn, the more up it goes. So during approach, during your landing, taking a, a steep turn is a really bad idea. And one of my turns, it was the final turn before landing, I was kind of late with the turn. And I tried to fix it by just taking the turn kind of steep. And the guides went like, okay, so, you know, you, you had it. You were good. Uh, you didn't make a mistake there, but I wonder why you take that. Why you took that turn so steep? And I was like, "Well, I wanted to get in front of the runway." And he's like, "No, no, no. Like, listen, what you're trying to do is a very human thing. You're trying to fix your mistake immediately. What you need to do is you need to fix your mistake carefully." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was some of the best life advice I've had. <laughs> 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 it's so true. Yeah. Like every time you make a mistake, you just want to go like, oh no, I made a mistake. I need to fix it now. Yeah. I need to do and it's like, no, 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 no. Take a step back. Think about the situation, the context. Does it actually help to fix it now? Yeah. Or is it better to fix it carefully? Right? I don't think you think about that very frequently. No. You just go like this is a mistake. I need to fix it. Yeah, we're but we don't think about 
Right. We're very responsive to those things. And I just, I looked at it and I looked at, you know, my Twitter. I looked at talking to press. I looked at making video games. I looked at iterating on stuff. And like your immediate response is always, let's do it fast. Let's get it fixed. And sometimes the response is just not that. You're right. Should not be that. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it should be. But the, the the fact that you've thought about it is important. I'm really learning a lot about myself from flying. And I, I really enjoy that part of it. I'm super happy it's kind of inspiring that. seeing you go through this, man. It is. Yeah. It is. It's uh, even for me, mate. Like this has been a childhood dream. Like I can't believe I can't believe that I'm doing this. Right. Um That's awesome. But here we are. Awesome. Here we are. 18 months wait. to go. TikTok. 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 Here we go. It's not that no, much time. Fuzzy, it's, you're like, fuzzy, you're it's, fuzzy. it's like three destinies. Senuata. Senuata. To whoever the CIA agents that's listening, Fauzi <laughs> saying TikTok in a conversation about airplanes. I just want to point out I had nothing to do with that. I don't want to. Um, this was Fauzi. Oh, no. I'm just I'm just happened to be here. Gani, this is not this. Is, uh, you know, just leave me out of that one. They throw me for the CIA. I'm not going down with alone. I'm dragging you all with me. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyway, anyways, what 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 do you think our CIA officer's name is? There must be somebody at the CIA. I feel like it's a Frank. I don't know why it's a Frank, but I feel like it's Frank. Frank Smith, Anderson. Like yeah, Anderson. Smith Anderson. I love it. Frank Smith Anderson. That's it. Here we go. There's a dash between the Smith and Anderson, right? Yeah, it has to be uh, a hyphen, if you may. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a hyphen. Yeah. All right, moving along from this fictional CIA agent's name. I mean, the CIA first, agent is real. The name is fictional. <laughs> right. Our first email today is from Frank Smith Anderson. Huh? Oh. Uh, How does that happen? I don't know. Let's see. We're here now. Uh, okay, so the first email today is from Frank Smith Anderson, and it just says TikTok Fauzi. <laughs> oh. How thoughtful. Huh. Very strange email. Osama, do we have other yeah, emails? Yeah, we have other emails. Let's ignore that one. <laughs> <laughs> so our second email of the day is by our friend Jose, who is a frequent writer. We love hearing from you, Jose. Keep it coming. Um, Jose writes, Unity, Unreal, Steam, Itch.io, and others have all served to make game development ever more accessible but we still don't really have the same parody of democratization that video production does for obvious reasons. As professional industry media continues to be sucked into ever larger corporate black holes, do you see any hope that any day game development would become as easy as pointing your phone to your face and taking a video? Do you think the indie future will be one where Game Pass becomes the next YouTube? Thoughts? Yes and no. Hmm. Yes. Let's start with the no. Yeah. No, I don't think game development will ever be as easy as pointing a camera at your face. Hmm. But I do think the paradigm of that will become possible in game development. And and the paradigm of it is if you think about photography, it used to be that you had this device with um, a lens, an objective that you needed to set the shutter speed, you needed a light measuring device, you needed to think about the diaphragm, you need to use, you know, th there were all these considerations 
of film and how you developed it and you had to develop it yourself or go to a specialist and like your camera was this big device that required expert analysis and now you just have a phone you point it you press a button mm-hmm. and i think the paradigm of simplifying it down to the most critical act of it which is for a camera it's where you're pointing it mm-hmm. right and how you're pointing it uh that's the most important thing of taking a photo mm-hmm. Everything else is bonuses, right? And they can define a photo. They can change a photo. If you're an expert, you can manipulate what the device does in spectacular ways to do way more interesting stuff than you can do by just pointing your camera at a thing and pressing the button. But the heart of it has simplified down to point, click. Mm -hmm. And I think for game development, we're looking at that same paradigm shift. The basics of making video games have become easier and easier to the point where there are now online websites where you could drag and drop Pac-Man into existence, mm-hmm. right? There are tools that most people would be able to use to generate levels, things like Roblox, things like Minecraft. Um, all of these are further democratization. Yeah, yeah uh, Mario Maker, uh, Game Garage Builder. Scratch. Uh, right, Scratch. Like all of these tools are increasingly accessible game development tools. And I think what that means is the entry level of being a game developer is getting lower and lower, Mm -hmm. which I think is exciting. That said, I don't think we're at the point yet where, you know, a good iPhone or Android photo is really good right now, Mm -hmm. right? It does focus, it does AI processing, it does all of these things for you. And if you put a game together in one of those in one of those tools that is very uh, very accessible, it's not usually a good game yet. Yeah. I think that is the part that it still needs work. That's the thing that still needs to exactly. Happen. And you could draw a parallel between that and the movie industry, for example. Like nobody's making blockbuster movies by pointing a camera to their face and like a phone to their face and pressing record. There's a lot of planning. There's like hundreds of people involved, uh, tens of thousands in the case of MCU movies. Like there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes and to make it what it is. And so when you define games, you have to define also what kind of game you're talking about. Yeah. There are games that you can make, uh, with the equivalent potentially of just like pointing uh, your phone at something and it'll generate a game out of whatever it sees from there. Like that's possible. That's even We have the tech to, to be able to procedurally generate a game by pointing a phone at a thing and collecting data from it. It's possible. But is it going to be a blockbuster AAA game that you're going to sell? No, of course not. And this is, the same is true, of course, not as exaggerated, but the same is true when you're talking about like big movies or even right. meaningful movies, indie movies, compared to what you can get from just pointing a camera with no prep at yourself and talking with no prep, with no no, set, right. no setting but the scene or anything like that. I think I think the second part of the question is actually way more interesting. Whether there's going to be a YouTube for this kind of thing, and with YouTube, I think what the why the metaphor of YouTube, why Jose picked that metaphor, I would guess because it's a place where you can put really polished work, but you can also put Beginner's work, yeah. right? It's and the YouTube to the Netflix is basically a good comparison. Like Netflix right. curated and YouTube is not. Right. I think itch.io is that exactly. right now. Yeah. Right. So I think that already exists. Also, like, God bless itch.io. Oh, what a great, no. what a great thing. I love them so much. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, my hope is that making games is going to get easier and easier. Mm-hmm. 
right? And that the expertise is going to be in doing better than just making a video game, right? And I think we're already there. Like, I'm not saying that this is what the industry is doing. I think a lot of people in the industry are incredible at making video games, incredible thinkers, incredible creatives, incredible, uh, you know, uh, uh, psychologists, <laughs> effectively, magicians. Mm. Um, but I do think that just the fact that we can make video games is not defining to our skill. So opening that up to more people can only be good. So, you know, from my perspective, let's hope it gets easier and easier. Agreed. A hundred percent. We're aligned on that. All right. So let's move on to our third email. We have an email from Hussein. And Hussein says, I wanted to ask if you have any podcast recommendations for when we finished listening to the weekly Habibis podcast. Would be great if you could mention both game dev related and non-game dev podcasts, which you like. Hmm. I... I'll be honest, I really mostly listen to one other podcast. Yeah. Okay, which one? That's it. Uh, it's called Welcome to Nightville. Hmm. It is... What is it? It's like... It's like the news. It's like the... It's like a radio station in a fictional village called Nightville. Wow. And Nightville is a town where ridiculous supernatural stuff happens hmm. but this radio station presenter is obviously very used to that hmm. so there will be something like and this week's uh, community schedule monday we are cleaning the park uh, but not under the tapestry near the center statue <laughs> tuesday there will be a march from the street near the post station, uh, in the street near the post station. Wednesday is canceled. Thursday, and just like, you know, it, it just the Wednesday is canceled. It's just a random thing that happens, but it makes total sense to him. It has such a, it has such a feeling of location and space and um, fun that I've just really fallen in love with that podcast. So that's great. Uh, Welcome to Nightville would probably be the only other podcast that I listen to uh, a lot. I just, I know we're the same, but um, I have, I basically have time to listen to one podcast a week, yeah. uh, maybe one and a half. And uh, the two podcasts I listen to are the Habibis <laughs> and Welcome to Nightville. Yeah, so that's fair. Um, I have to confess, I used to actually listen to a lot of podcasts, but since we started recording ours, I haven't found the time. This took the time of listening to podcasts uh, away, wow. uh, but I can still recommend the ones I used to love. Uh, if, if, you know, I think that's still fits. Which ones? So in terms of video game podcasts, my favorite was Idle Thumbs. Um, the reason I liked it is because a lot of game-related uh, podcasts are from the point of view of gamers, and that's totally valid and totally okay. But Idle Thumbs, they were all game developers. So I was, mm -hmm. used to be able to get a little bit of that insight of the you know seeing behind the curtain, under, having an understanding of... Um, like production and 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 whatever, like getting that insight was a lot more uh, valuable to me, and I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm -hmm. You didn't get the, the 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 statements that you get from other gamer podcasts that I tried to listen to, like oh they should have just added multiplayer and delayed it two weeks, things like that that I would have 
you know, made me rage quit. I, yeah. So Idle Thumbs was great. Uh, in terms of non-game design podcasts or game podcasts, um, my favorite design one that isn't specifically about games is 99% Invisible, which was mm-hmm. phenomenal. It was a different topic every week about the design of a thing. And it could be anything. It could be uh, why video videotape recorders were designed the way they were or why light, light switches were made this way or a specific mall that was made in, uh, to be bigger or smaller than some, something else or a train cabin. It's random things, but it's always right. fascinating. Always learned something. And even when I was didn't really learn that much. That sounds good. So good. So good. Highly recommend. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I uh, I don't know, like wait, Fauzi, yes. you've been you've been you've you've been you've been very patient <laughs> before you speak again. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to uh, which podcast is your podcast? <laughs> I missed I missed the first question, so I thought maybe I'll pump in for this one. Like, <clears throat> I'm here. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Um, um the I think a design podcast I really like is an interview podcast by um uh, uh I forgot Soren Johnson, I think is his name. Oh, it's called yeah. Design, oh yeah Designer Notes. Yeah. Yep. Super cool. Um, yep. A bunch of game developers talking on the air, so it might sound a bit familiar. Uh, yeah. Right. I like that. Um, some of the podcasts I used to listen to, I listen to podcasts usually when I work out, so that's like my podcast time. So mm-hmm. there's uh, one one workout goes to the Habibis. Uh, <laughs> uh, but others like, um, there's, a, there's a podcast called Reply All, uh that that kind of enjoys <laughs> depending on the episode reply all can be a little bit of a, anything it's a podcast about the internet of some of some extent it'd be uh, mm. sometimes could be an investigative uh, journalism episode in which like some weird thing happened and then like they try to track it back mm. or like um uh the 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 latest internet meme and where does it come from and they trace it back so uh, mm. usually fun stuff uh, that uh, quite enjoy, and um, a bunch of there's this uh, comedy uh, uh, podcast that I enjoyed the first couple of seasons of called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys stuff a lot. It is kind of haram, but kind of hilarious. It's like one of those things that like I'd laugh, like I'd be in the gym and like laughing to myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's about this dude. Um, whose uh, father wrote um, an erotic novel oh. uh, uh, under an alias. So uh, after... He gets, I mean, that's ex- I guess what else did I expect with that title? <laughs> right? And, um, <laughs> and like, um, you know, like um, the, the whole family knows kind of thing. And then like um, right. the, um, the son takes this uh, novel... <laughs> this work of art with uh, with their friends and they read it uh, on a podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, so oh my like, god! The son reads it and then like everybody else comments on it. Oh my and god! And it's uh, and it's hysterical. <laughs> it, <laughs> that definitely sounds haram, though. <laughs> it is. It is very haram, yeah. but it's very funny. Very haram. But also, like I have to say, it never gets super explicit. Hmm. Um, so it's. Uh, <laughs> It's funny. So it's halal. Yeah, it's maybe not the ish. <laughs> it's 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 I, I'd like to add one last uh, recommendation of a podcast I used to actually really really like before. It's called Hardcore History, 
And uh, mm. what's really yeah, that one was good. I really liked it. So the, the person uh, I think his name is uh, Dan. Hold on, let me look it up. Dan Carlin. His name is Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin is not a historian, uh, but he has a voice and he has a, a way of delivering history that's ex- incredibly interesting. So it sticks better for me. Um, so I highly mm-hmm. recommend him for that. But he'll tell you, like in, in almost every episode, he mentions, by the way, I'm not a historian because like, I think he has a little bit of imposter syndrome, but he is not an imposter as far as podcasts go. It's very, very entertaining to listen to. And he goes over all the big events like Genghis Khan and right. Napoleon and all these things. Uh, right. Highly recommend that. I like that he puts Genghis Khan and Napoleon in a list as if they're kind of similar. They're very similar. My, right? my dad would have some words for you. <laughs> You don't know the history? Like Napoleon, what did Napoleon do? He had like Europe for like 11 years. <laughs> what are you talking fair. about? Like, what is happening? Fair, fair. Okay, Come fair. on. Don't, yeah, but if you're listening, don't oh, listen no. to some. Oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> also, Frank. Frank, don't don't worry yeah. about it. I, I think, yeah, Frank, forget about this. I think this is a good time to end it before I say anything else I'll regret. What do you all think? Oh, no, 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 no. Fozzy's the host. Fozzy's the no, host. No, Fozzy's not. I took it back. I challenged you, remember? I challenged right. you. Back. Right. But if you want to send more emails, send them to info at thehabibis.com. <laughs> All right, you know what? I won't fight it. It's fine. As long as I get the emails, I'm happy. <laughs> exactly. You will get the. You will get the. Email. You will get you the. Get emails. The emails. <laughs> oh, wait. But so will... wait, who is shutting this down? Who's shutting us down today? I am. I'm the host now. I'm the host. All right, wait. I'm the host. <laughs> am I the host? If you two are fighting about the host, I'm just going to be the host. All right, everybody. It. Thank you very much for coming and send us your emails. And this Tell is me. the awkward Come ending. Kept coming to to listen. Stop. <laughs> All right, we're done. Set up. Set up. Set up. So I didn't know who was going to actually close this, so I didn't put any of the voices. We want to send a thank you to Malik Zubaila for the incredible outro and intro music. And also a big thank you to Ibrahim Hamdi, who created our logo. Anyway, catch us on your favorite podcasting app and uh, hopefully see you next week.